You are now listening to Don't Be Selfish Part 2 taught by Pastor Randall Crawford Sr. Please visit our website to listen to more messages like this one and subscribe to our newsletter at BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Again, that is BethelHouseOfTruth.org. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Good afternoon. I want to welcome you all to Bethel House of Truth this Sunday service. Praise be to Yahweh, Yahshua in the highest. Amen. Part two of Don't Be Selfish. Part two. I'm going to go over um, the little essay I wrote here. Selfishness. What, what, what is selfishness? What does it mean to be selfish? It is of a person, action, or motive. Okay? Person, action, or motive. A selfish person plans their selfishness out so that they could be seen as a good person. That's evil. It's very evil. Okay? It's extremely evil. A selfish individual will always think of self. Will never ever think of anyone besides themselves. Okay? Unless they have a selfish family. And then the whole selfish family will begin to think of each other. Okay? This person or persons lacks consideration for others. Their only concern is self. Only one's own personal profit or pleasure. Never truly caring about others or what's best. Or what's best. Because they believe what they think is best. Because it benefits them. So one who is selfish could never truly be a part of something that's called for togetherness or anything that must be built piece by piece, body of Christ. Someone selfish would not make a good Christian because they only care and think about themselves. So this person couldn't help grow Yahweh's kingdom at all because they're selfish. They would only get in the way of kingdom building for Yahweh and Jesus Christ. A selfish person is a jealous person always trying to outdo someone to show that person or themselves that they're better than the person that they're trying to outdo. Selfish people cannot and will not take no for an answer. They have made up in their mind that no one should tell them no. And they don't understand why someone would say no to them at all. They will feel rejected and will become more selfish because now they're trying to get back at the person who told them no. They become more selfish in life, never correcting themselves and never truly being corrected at all. It's really sad. Selfishness is a nasty spirit mixed with a prideful spirit. Okay? It's from Satan. A selfish person will always get around doing what's right. They will make up excuses just to do what they want to do. If it's wrong, it doesn't matter at all to them because their way is right. Selfish people lie a lot, having their own form of reality of what's true and what's not true. Bottom line, a selfish person cannot serve Yahweh or be pleasing to Yahweh because of their selfish ways and lies and pride. They won't build the kingdom of Yahweh in Christ because they're too busy building their own lives, pleasing themselves, not Yahweh. Selfish people, okay? Let's get into part two. We learned a lot in part one. I'm not going to go over it because we learned a lot. But we are going to 
take it up a notch here. And this part two. I could do five parts on selfishness. There's so many scriptures. Christ spoke of selfishness a lot. What we should not do. Christians are supposed to be looking to their father. To their savior Jesus Christ for an example. And if they're a true Christian. They will see that God and Christ were never selfish individuals. They were never Christ was never selfish. There's not one bone of selfishness in his body. Not one. And those who are truly called of God, we don't believe in selfishness. It's a it's a filthy, filthy sin to be selfish. Those who are called of God and anointed of God, they are set aside for a purpose for God. So therefore there's no selfishness in them at all. At all. They give their life as a servant and they serve everyone else never being served we sacrifice that's what we do we sacrifice everything again my whole schedule is built around God's schedule most people can't say that most people can't say that because if they want to dash they will dash amen you understand what I'm saying to you if someone wants to dash they will dash it's just the way it is because people are selfish not really realizing that there is the judgment day okay and everything that we don't repent for you will answer for on judgment day and most people answer for things even before judgment day okay they really do let's go to matthew 19 verse 16 matthew 19 verse 16 you got that rich man saying to christ how do i receive eternal life Hmm. It's a good question, right? It's a fair question. How do I receive eternal life? Ask yourself that. How do you receive eternal life? If you think you already got eternal life, are you sure you have eternal life? Hmm? It's a good question, right? And make your calling sure. Matthew 19, verse 16, if you have it, say glory to God. And it reads, And behold, Christ speaking, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life. Question. Eternal life meaning to live forever. To live with Yahweh. Jesus Christ. The saints. The prophets. All the saints. The elect. The very elect of God. 17. And he said unto him. Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou will enter into life. Into eternal life. Keep the commandments. I like how Christ would say here, Why dost thou call me good? There's one good but God. No one's good but God. Amen? And that's the truth. I, I live by that because no one's good. Again, we're trash. Okay, you gotta understand, we are trash. And if you if you think of if you think of yourself above trash, you're really trash. Okay? Because the flesh is trash. Pretty much trash. And you have to understand. No one's good but God. And this is Christ saying that in being God, he made you all God with us. Always a teaching moment. Always a teaching moment. Okay? Always a teaching moment. Here we go, 18. He saith unto him, which commandment should I obey? Duh, all of them. Right? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, phonyonts. Premeditated murder. Don't premeditate. Don't think about it and then go murder someone. That's unforgivable in the flesh. Okay? It's unforgivable in the flesh. 
Thou shalt not commit adultery. Don't cheat on your wife and don't cheat on your husband. Okay? It's not unforgivable. But it's things you should not do. Marriage is sacred. Amen? Marriage is extremely sacred. Thou shalt not steal. Don't steal. If it don't belong to you, don't, don't steal it. Amen? If it doesn't belong to you, don't lust after it. Meaning, don't covet it. Thou shalt not bear false witness. If you wasn't there, keep your mouth shut. Period. When someone comes to me and they say, Pastor, I need you to tell me if I'm right or wrong. I'm like, I can't tell you if you're right or wrong. I need both sides of the story. Yours just don't work. This is the way it is. I'm not going to be a false witness on anyone. And you shouldn't either. 19. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Honor thy father and thy mother. Yes, again, we have bad parents who bring people, humans, little humans, little souls into this world. But all God's saying, you don't, you don't even got to talk to them. But all God's saying is honor them. Let them know that you know that they're your parents. That's all you got to do. Okay? Because if you denounce them, you're breaking a commandment. And that's the problem. You're not my mother anymore. Um, you can't do that. You're not my dad anymore. Uh, you can't do that. You're breaking the commandment. Honor your mother and your father. Those that are real mothers and those that are real fathers. Honor them more especially. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, doing to others as you will have them doing to you. Amen? Just that simple. That's all the Ten Commandments summed up in these things right here. Love people as you want to be loved. Right? Treat people as you want to be treated. Verse 20. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Question. Here's Jesus. Now, you're only going to know this information if you got a discerning spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Because the only reason Jesus knows this person is because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Because of the Holy Spirit. If... A regular person was talking to this person. This Jesus, um, that regular person would not know this rich man's situation. Okay? 21. Jesus saith unto him, If thou wilt be perfect. Listen now. This is an interesting word. If thou wilt be perfect. Underline that. If thou wilt be perfect. Christ always tells us to be perfect. Okay? You can't be perfect in the flesh, but you can try. To be perfect. Amen. In the flesh. That's what he tells us. Put all the other foolishness behind you. Okay. Try to be perfect. I like this because this phrase here. You'll find it in appendix 102.1. And it means. Are you willing to become perfect? Hmm. Are you willing to become perfect? If you wish or desire to become perfect. One of my favorite words, fellow, fellow in the Greek. So let's break it down. It's a consequent action. A very strong emotional impulse to do something. Even a very strong conviction on one spirit that brings in change. All that from that little word right there. Okay. Appendix 102.1. Fellow will be 
perfect. Are you willing to become perfect if you wish or desire to become? This is what he's saying to him, fellow. It's a consequent action, meaning you have to do something. You got to do something on your part. You want to suffer, then suffer, do nothing. You want to be free, then be free. It's a consequent action on your part, amen? A very strong emotional impulse to do something, even a very strong conviction on one spirit that brings in change. If thou will be perfect. Wow, I could do a whole message on that. Scripture's running through my head right now. If thou will be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. What a great invitation from Jesus Christ. Amen. Sell all that you have because everything that his father gave him, lowercase f, was ill-gotten gain. Everything that he has from his father is ill-gotten gain. He is not his father at all. He is a good person. Thus goes the invitation. Okay. But what will make him perfect is him following, having a consequent action, a very strong emotional impulse to do something, even a very strong conviction on one spirit that brings in change. He has to be able to give up all that garbage and start anew. He has to be able to give up his old life and start a new life. Okay. And then, and then on top of everything else, he said, and give it all to the poor. So the poor won't be poor anymore because he's very wealthy. Okay? I do my homework. This guy was the equivalent of today. He was the equivalent of Rockefeller. Rockefeller's not even alive today. His children are. Okay? But he was the equivalent. He was a billionaire, basically. Okay? This kid right here. His father left him all this stuff, but it was all from ill-gotten gain. You can't go into the kingdom with ill-gotten gain. And if you're not willing to give up your old life for a new life in Jesus Christ, because he said, you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. The treasure that this rich man, this young rich man has, cannot even be compared to the treasure that God will give him. Amen? So I want you to see this. Fellow. It's an action. You're in a situation. It's an action. A very strong emotional impulse. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Most people don't feel this. Most human beings, Christians or not, they do not feel this impulse. Emotional impulse. Because if they did, the world would be a better place. <laughs> a whole lot better. To do something even a strong conviction. I can't get over that. On one spirit that brings in change. It's beautiful. Very, very beautiful. And follow me. The invitation was blessings in heaven. Give up everything you have. Give it to the poor. Don't waste it. Give it to the poor. I will give you treasures in heaven and follow me. Watch this. 22. But when the young men heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Yeah, he did. Sorrowful here. He was grieved. He was hurt. This is even the type of grief that's on the left-hand side of the gulf in heaven. That burning inside like, you want me to do what? You want me to stop doing what? You want me to what? You want me to what? You want me to what? Sorrowful, that grief, that hurt. Because he wasn't ready 
to give up everything for Jesus Christ, for eternal life, for treasures in heaven and on earth. There was no conviction at all. He wasn't truly ready to change. You call that person selfish. It's a selfish human. Let me tell you why it's, it's even worse because this individual being who he is, knowing who he knows, could bring so many people to the kingdom of God. That's selfish. It's very, very selfish. It couldn't be a doer for Yahweh. At all. He could have had great influence. Great influence. Selfish. When someone does not want to change, they're selfish. Change is a part of the game, friend. Amen? Change is a part of life. Grown men go through a midlife crisis. You turn 50, you want to buy a leather jacket and a motorcycle. Okay? You, you turn 60, you want to you wanna buy a Maserati. No, you don't. No, you don't. You can't deal with that. You, you turn, no, for real. You turn, you turn 40 when a guy with the sharks. Midlife crisis. I'm going through that right now. Midlife crisis. Change is a part of life. But I'm starting to realize it's just change. Change is a part of life. It's part of life. And I can't be selfish. You can't be selfish. Watch this. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that means truly, truly, that a rich man or woman shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ooh. So if you're rich, you ain't getting into heaven. That ain't what he said. If you're rich with ill-gotten gains, you ain't getting into heaven. If you're worldly, it's hard for you to get into heaven. Okay? Let me, let me, let me say it again. If you're rich with ill-gotten gains, you ain't giving nothing up. Unless you have fellow, right? Unless you're willing and you desire to give it up, right? If you're rich with pride, selfishness, come on. You need this right here. You need Appendix 102.1, okay? Fellow. That's what you need to change. He's saying rich people don't, they're not entering into the kingdom of heaven like that. Because they love their kingdom that they set up. Watch this. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to, or a woman to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, let me explain to you what the eye of the needle is. In Jerusalem, the gate is open all day long, okay? From, from sunrise to sunset. Sunsets, the gate closes. There's just a door now. And when you open that door, it has a beautiful arch to it. But it's only big enough for a human to walk through. It ain't big enough for a whole bunch of bags, a whole bunch of your horses, your horse and carriage, your camels. It ain't big enough for none of that. You got to unload all you have in order to get into Jerusalem, the city of peace. And it's just like, if you can't unload everything that you are. You will not get into the kingdom of heaven. Period. It's that simple. And that's the truth. What a great analogy. What a teacher. You got to unload it. Or you're going to be waiting. 
until the morning for the whole gate to open up. 25. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? Everyone can be saved. As long as you're convicted. And it's what you desire to do. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God can do whatever he wants to. All things are possible with Yahweh, not with man. Man isn't ready to love someone greater than themselves. Therefore, man is selfish, and few men are real. But with the touch of God, with fellow, conviction can happen, and they can change. But only by God. With man, it is impossible. Man's going to do what man wants to do, amen? If you're being honest with yourself. 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all. We've given up everything for you, Lord. And follow thee. What shall we have thereof? What's our reward? Well, this is just for people who sacrifice. What I'm about to read to you is just for people who sacrifice. What I'm about to read to you is just for people who are not selfish. What I'm about to read to you is just for real Christians. Okay? 28. And Jesus saith, said unto them, Verily, meaning this is true, Truly I say unto you, That ye which have followed me, And the regeneration, Now, what is this regeneration? The regeneration is the making of all things new. The new kingdom of Yahweh, The new earth age, that's what the regeneration is. He's saying, I will place you close to me in my new kingdom forever because you chose to give up all for me. Amen? Gotta understand something. See, most people, are they're selfish enough to only worry about what they can see here. Okay? This has no power. This flesh has no power. What you can see here has no power again. Everything is gravy that you get. It's just gravy, okay? It's just gravy, but you need to put it on something, right? Just gravy. Watch this again. And Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in his throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Praise God. You will be where Christ is. They will be where Christ is. And if you know anything about the very elect, you're going to know that they are the pillars which hold up the temple. Which are you? 29. And everyone that hath forsaken house, listen close, that hath forsaken house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or land, for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold. Now that's more than a double portion. And shall inherit everlasting life. You will, re you will be blessed here on earth. And you will be blessed in the regeneration. Glory to God. But again, that's for people who aren't selfish. That's for people who aren't self-willed. 30. But many that are first shall be last. And the last shall be first. Hmm. You got to understand something. The very elect never stop working. From the first earth age till now. Till now. They never stop working. So, as you see here, in order to even make, to even make heaven, 
You can't be selfish. You cannot be a selfish Christian because you would make a poor kingdom builder. And God's not into the um, business of babysitting poor kingdom building. Because you're lazy, easily aggravated with others, no patience at all, no conviction at all to love the way Yahweh tells us to love. No conviction to love Yahweh in Christ. No fellow. Your selfish ways and your selfishness will get you put out of the kingdom. But Yahweh has some who will be first and last because they never stop working from the first earth age. Let's continue here. Galatians 5. Galatians 5, Galatians 5.13. If you have it, say glory to God. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, to freedom. You've been called unto freedom. You could do whatever you want to do. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Don't use Christianity to, um, as a cloak for your selfish life. But by love, serve one another. You hear that? Serve one another. By love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There you go. That's what Christ told that rich man. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. And everyone is your neighbor. So you should put out good neighborly love. Amen. 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye... Be not consumed one of another. Stop trying to be better than one another and just love one another. That's free, right? That's fair, right? Stop trying to be better than the person sitting next to you and just love the person sitting next to you. Simple as that, right? Can I get an amen? It's the truth. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hmm. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The self-gratification of the flesh. The selfishness of the flesh. When you're walking in the spirit, you won't fulfill that. Because you're walking in the spirit. 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to another. To the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Mm, or the flesh wants to do. See, one thing I do know is that Satan is smart. He's extremely smart. And one thing I do know, and God knows too, the flesh is smart, okay? So if the flesh can disguise who it really wants to be by being away, the flesh will be away. At the same time, by being close. You understand what I'm saying to you? Hmm? And if you don't, put it on the shelf. Okay? Or oh, I say, put it under your pillow. When it get hot, turn it over. Nice and cool. You'll get it then. You gotta understand that. The things you would, this is fellow again. The things you would, this is fellow but in a different sense. Fellow, the things you would wish and desire to do that you know is wrong. That you know is wrong. Completely wrong. Right? 
What makes something wrong if it's contrary to the word of God? Right? What makes something wrong? What makes something sin if it's contrary to the law? Right? Watch this, 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. The law of man, anyway. You're still under the law, the law of God. But you're not under the law of man, the things they make up and try. You're under the law of God. If you're walking in the Spirit, you will obey the law of God. Because you want to be a good example. You want to pull people to God. Right? That's what I think, right? <laughs> that's, 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 that's what I hope, right? 19, we got some definitions for you. 19 to 21. And I'll read them as I go. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery. If you're married, stay married. Amen? Don't cheat on your wife. Or don't, don't cheat on your husband. Okay? It's not something to do. It's not the end thing. Okay? Never has been, never will be. God's against it. Marriage is extremely sacred. It is extremely sacred. Marriage is holy. It's very holy. And when you, when you damage that by bringing other things in, you mess things up. Amen? Mess things up. Because a, a sexual sin is different from a regular sin. A sexual sin is on your spirit. It's in your body. Okay? Another sin is outside of the body. Okay, so when you're doing a sexual sin like adultery or something because you're lusting after someone else, it's actually really separating you from God because God's supposed to dwell inside of you. Fornication, sexual intercourse between two people not married to each other. Law forbidding adultery and fornication. Okay, what's the constitution of marriage? Paper, marriage, amen. Fornication. It's not a good thing to do. Again, it's a sexual sin. It's, it's a sin that separates you from God. It separates you from God. Okay? It's not good. Your desire, your wish should be to be married so the union could come to God. Amen? Un unmarital sex isn't good. Here we go. What's the next one? Cleanness. Hmm. Uncleanness is not cleaning your house. No, I'm joking. No, uncleanness is filthiness due to sexualness or things that are lewdness in a sense. Sexual, lustful, lewdness. And then we have lasciviousness, which is sexual desire, lewd, lustfulness, lascivious acts, thoughts. Okay? Thoughts. Lischievousness. Everything I'm naming to you is a spirit, okay? Everything is a spirit. Listen to what I'm saying. The next one, we're going to break all these down. We're breaking them all down for you. I did the homework already. Idolatry. What is idolatry? Worshipping something or putting anything, be anything you put before God is an idol. Anything. Whether it's a job, a business, playtime, whether it's money, food, a person, an animal, anything you put before God becomes an idol, okay? Anything. Don't do it. 
breaking the commandment. Again, your your life should revolve around God's schedule. Amen. Witchcraft. The practice of magic, especially for evil purposes. The use of spells. Satanism. Witchcraft. It even when you wish evil on someone. Listen close. When you wish evil on someone, you are practicing witchcraft. Didn't know that, did you? When you wish evil on someone, you're practicing witchcraft. Let's not. Okay? Hatred. Hatred. Intense. I mean intense. Dislike or ill will. Racial hatred. Racial hatred. So, I have a problem with no race. I love all races. I have friends in every race. Okay? Literally in every race. Asian friends. Pacific Islander friends. I have... A whole bunch of black friends, a whole, whole bunch of Spanish friends, whole bunch of white friends, whole bunch of Indian friends, whole bunch of Native American friends, whole bunch of, I have Arabian friends, I have Jewish friends, I have any type of human as a friend. And I have a problem with none of them. What they do is their business, right? But when it becomes hatred, racial hatred, you might as well put a white hood over your head and get on a horse. Or standing on the back of a truck waving a flag. Right? You might as well. If you say, I can't stand those people or this or this or that, that should never come out your mouth. You know who I can't stand? The devil. I don't like him. I hate him. I am very racist towards him and the fallen angels and anyone who would. Serve him. You got to figure out how to. You take. You got all that stuff inside of you. You got to figure out how to point it. How to use it. Amen. You shouldn't be hating anyone but the devil. Because if you dig up a whole bunch of problems in the world. At the end of the power. You're going to see him every time. Every time. Let's continue here. Variance. This is a personal thing. This is a person thing. With variance. A person that causes strife. Discord. Contention. A person who stirs up trouble by their words or by their action. Mm, not a good person. Emulation. It means stirring up jealousy or envy in others because of what someone has or what someone possesses. Emulation. Well, that's not bad. I'm no. Don't have friends with this. Don't be these people. Don't don't be this. Don't be this. Okay. And anything I just read you don't be this. Cause watch wrath. Hmm. Strong, vengeful anger or indignation. You should not carry that around with you. Wrath. Amen. Meaning, if someone does something to you, you should not want to get back to them through wrath. What does God say? Vengeance belongs to who? God Almighty. Strife. Hmm. A bitter, sometimes violent conflict. Someone who's bitter. Someone who causes conflict. Because they're bitter. Because they're miserable. 
and misery loves company. Amen? Sedition. People who, again, someone who disturbs others trying to lead up to a fight. Unruly. An unruly person. Heresies. Watch this. Someone who denies the core of Christian faith. Someone who says, oh, I don't believe that. But they want to take part of it to say, I believe that part, but I don't believe that part. Someone who denies the church. Because you can't take part of the word and say that's good for me and not take all of it. The part that you the part that fits you and suits you you want to keep? Most people do. Envy. Envy, envy, envy. Okay? We know what envy is. To look to want is a form of self-introspection as well. To see something that someone else has and you envy it. You desire it. We know murder. Fonyons. Premeditated murder. Don't do it. Can a drug dealer be labeled as a murderer? Yep. Yep. If they selling drugs and they're killing people through their drugs... And they know exactly what drugs do to the body. Yes. They're murderers. Big time murderers. It's not good. Not good at all. Drunkenness. Intoxication. Inebriation. A state which a person is overwhelmed. Or overpowered. By spirits. That come from liquor. Drunkenness. It says spirits. So when we drink and we overdrink and we over we get drunk. Intoxication. Spirits take over. They take over. You gotta understand that they take over. It's not good. It's not good at all. What's next? You got a lot of stuff here. Revilings. Oh, yeah. This this is like for people who love to party. Okay? Drinking parties, extending late into the night, usually ending in sexual debauchery. Okay? That's this world all day in a nutshell, right or wrong. Revilings. And such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be on this list. Don't be on this list. Because if you're on this list, you literally got one foot in, one foot out. Okay? Wow. Right? Listen to what Paul's saying. Listen to what I'm saying. More importantly, listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. Don't be on this list. Now, there's a thing called fellow. Wilt thou be perfect? Are you willing to become perfect? If you wish or desire fellow, it's a consequent action. It's on your part. A very strong emotional impulse to do something, even a very strong conviction on one spirit that brings in change. All goes back to that right there. Who's willing to change? If you're not willing to change, you are a selfish individual. And that's the truth. And God knows. He sees. I know. Trust me, I know. But you shouldn't worry about what I know. You should worry about what God knows. Amen? That's what you should worry about. Because I speak to him on your behalf. So you should 
worry about what God knows, literally. And it shouldn't even be a worry because it just takes a quick repentance and it's gone. It takes a quick repentance and it's over. And you're a different human. Just like that. You're a different human. 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Not too much of that today in the world. It's just not. So it tells you what spirit is really out there. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There is no law of man. The law of man won't affect you at all if these abide in you. Amen. Fruits of the Spirit. Got to know that. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections of lust. We ain't going down that road. Amen. We're just not. We're not defiling our bedroom. We're just not. Amen. We're not, we're, we're not going to the internet to bring it into our bedroom. We're just not. Amen. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Amen. Let us not be desirous of vainglory. Vainglory? Hmm, let me think. Wait, um, selfishness. Provoking one another, envying one another. We must live for Yahweh, not for self. And that's the truth. And if an individual can learn to live for Yahweh and not self, they're going to be a pretty good individual. Amen? They really are. You just have to learn that. You got to see this. That when we are so undisciplined and selfish toward Yahweh, these evil spirits follow us around. Do you Listen, do you understand what follows you around? It's a serious thing. Things that follow you around and they attach to our spirits. So that we only desire to be more selfish and we begin to think it's normal. It's not. It's from the devil. It's not normal. It's from the devil. Selfishness is never, has never been normal. How could, how could being selfish and calling yourself a Christian be normal? Those don't even go together, do they? That don't go. Just doesn't. Doesn't go for me anyway. We thank God for the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Psalms 119.33. So, before we read this, what will make someone an extreme selfish person? Or a vile, selfish individual? When an individual knows and they hear that they meet some of the criteria of selfishness, and they do nothing about it. Not one thing. You become vile. And a, a vile, selfish person in the eyes of God. Now he got to deal with you differently. I don't know about you. But I prefer to stay on God's good side. Amen. His bad side. Do not want to be on. Okay. Can't be on that side. It's not a good thing. We save that for sinners. Amen. We save that for people who will not repent, who will not change, who will not have fellow, who will not have a desire or a will to become perfect. Who don't want to know Christ. Who want to be in the world. Verse 33 of Psalms 119, if you have it, say glory to God. Teach me, O Lord Yahweh, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Yes, yes I will. I will keep it unto the end. I will keep it. I will share it. I will make it my business 
to love it. Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. I will be a doer with my whole heart. Make me to go into the path of thy commandments. For there, for therein do I delight. It is my delight. It's my desire. I, I sit there. I love your word. Because if it's talking about me, if your word's talking about me, telling me that I'm wrong, telling me that I need to shape up, telling me that I need to get it together, guess what? I delight in that because that means you love me. That means you delight in me. Incline my ear unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. This word covetousness is lust. This word goes into a lot of different applications. Lust, envy, jealousy, hate, all those things we say that we would not do. And then it even goes into selfishness. 37. Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way. So I want you to hear this and I want you to see this. I want you to hear and I want you to see. If someone's being selfish and you see them being selfish, right? What do you say to them? Hmm? Should you say anything to them? You should say something to them, right? Because if you say nothing to them, that conviction, that emotional impulse don't even exist inside of you. It doesn't even exist inside of you. That means that you are selfish. Does that make sense? Makes sense, right? If you hear someone being full of vanity, being, being selfish, you have to say something to them. It says here, turn away my ears from beholding vanity. Yeah, I don't want to live in that. I don't want to be in that. I don't want nothing to do with that. Turn away my ears, my eyes from beholding vanity and quicken thou me in thy way. If you're around it, you shouldn't be comfortable being around it, right? Am I, I'm, I'm right, right? I know I'm right. If you're around it, it should make you sick, right? If you're around someone who's selfish and only cares about self, it should really bother you inside because that's that fellows, that's that emotional impulse to do something, whether it be to change who you are or to help change who someone else is. I pray that's in you. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. Who loves you above themselves and everything else. Establish thy word unto thy servant who, de who is devoted to thy fear. Who reverences you. Who lives for you. Who loves you above themselves and everything else. Turn away my reproach, my sin, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Please forgive me and search my heart toward you, for I trust in you and I love you and I love all that you do. How could you be selfish if you love God? It's not possible. But if you are selfish and you claim to love God, you're not loving God properly. Because if you claim to love God and you're selfish, you would realize what Jesus Christ done on the cross and the act that he made on the cross was a selfless act. There was no selfishness in it at all. Do we not learn from that? Do we not look close at his passion, at his suffering, which was supposed to be your suffering? For he was perfect, we are not. 
Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Yes. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Make me whole inside of you. So that I may be pleasing to you. Not by my standards. Which most people want to live by. But by your standards. What's pleasing to you, Yahweh. Amen. It's important. Somebody get what I'm saying. 41. Let thy mercies, thy loving kindness, come also unto me, O Lord Yahweh, even thy salvation according to thy word. My Lord Yahweh, let me see thy salvation and let me receive every promise. For I love you above myself. How many people? I teach my kids from young. And you've heard me say this over and over. I teach them from the first word, their first words, I want to be Yahweh. Their first words should be God. Should be G-O-D God. Not mom, not dad. Okay? Because I want to establish something in their brain. I want to establish something in their psyche. First words should be God. Because I want them to see something. He comes first. So if, if God's God, this is what the kids were saying. If God's God, who's mom, who's dad? They come after God. Not before. They come after God. But mom's feeding me. God feeds, provides for us that we can feed you. Understand the order of things. And when you understand that, then Christ will quicken you in, thy, in his righteousness. Then you will see the salvation of God according to thy word. Every promise will belong to you. Verse 42 to close this chapter off. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. For I trust in thy word. Fill me, O Lord, Yahweh, with thy spirit. So that I may answer all that come against me concerning you. A selfish person cannot even think this way. I want you to see. A selfish person cannot even think this way. Selfish people are on something else. Let me guess what it is. They're on self. They're on self. Selfish people are on Self. What are you going to do, right? Yahweh's saying, Lord, fill me. He's saying, Lord, Yahweh, fill me with thy truth and with thy loving kindness, with thy grace, with thy Holy Spirit. Show me thy salvation. Search my inner heart, my mind to see my love for you. See that I place you above myself and above everyone and everything. You come first in my life. I will not. I refuse to be selfish. I will not lie to myself concerning you. I will be honest. And I will love you first. For you are my salvation. And my hope. It is my desire. It is my wish. To build fellow. To build the kingdom of Yahweh and Jesus Christ. Not my own will, not by my selfishness, but by God, by your will. Amen? By your will. Let's go to Corinthians 9. Almost done. It's Corinthians 9, 11. Watch this. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. Meaning Paul's saying, if I'm teaching you the word of God, and I put myself in this class, if I'm teaching you the word of God, 
Anything that comes in, I live off of. God's saying. Paul's saying. I'm saying. Watch this. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather question? Nevertheless, we have not used this power. I have not used this power. I don't take a salary. But suffer all things lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Things are expensive. Paul was a tent maker. He had a very successful tent business because people lived in tents at that time. Amen. And he knew how to build tents. He built them, he customized them to his customers. Because there was always a festival. There was always a marketplace that needed a tent. Amen. I am a business owner. Okay. I know how to run a business. Me and God have a deal. Bless my hands. Bless my mind. So I don't have to take and receive of what comes in. Bless my mind. Bless my hand. Bless my wife. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things. And I mean, we minister about holy things. Live of the things of the temple. And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Listen close. Even so have the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Listen now. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it should be so done unto me. As Paul, I, I learned this example from Paul. Not taking a salary. Because if you take a salary, you're going to hinder the church. You're going to hinder the church. You know how much a um, iHeartRadio ad costs? Huh? Let's try 10 G's. Okay? iHeartRadio. Just an ad. Okay? To put the church out there. 10 G's. Okay? It's very, very expensive. Okay? Spotify ad, okay? Just as much, okay? Very expensive. Very, very expensive. You do the math. I just, I just named you. I just added up two things together. That's 20 G's right there, okay? You do the math. Very, very expensive. For it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glory void. No one's taking Paul's glory saying... I'm a provider of the church for the church so the people can hear the things of God, the word of God. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, what was unto me if I preach not the gospel? Hmm, what was me if I preached not the gospel? Paul saying, if I don't preach the gospel, but I rather take care of my own life, what was me? What was me if... I put the gospel down and I go full throttle into my corporation. Woe was me, right? So what I better do is always be full throttle in the word of God and be full throttle in my business as well. Because we have to live, amen? For if I do this thing willingly, I will have reward. If I do it willingly, if it's my desire, if it's my wish, if it's fellow. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. That's a bad thing. What is my reward then? 
Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge. There you go. We don't charge here. We don't, we don't say kick the can around. We don't say take the plate and pass it around. We don't do that here. If you want to give, you give. If you don't want to give, don't give. Okay? Simple as that. Got to deal with you. That I abuse not my power in the gospel. I will never abuse the power in the gospel, Paul saying, and neither will I. 19. For though I be free from all men, yes, I owe no man nothing. Yet have I made myself servant unto all. Yep. That I might gain the more. When you need me, I'm there. Paul's saying, when you need me, I get on the ship, I go, I'm there. When there's a need, even if you don't go to Bethel House of Truth, and you need me, and you're a stranger to me, and you're a Christian or not a Christian, I'm there. And unto the Jews, I became a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as Without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men and women and children, that I might by all means save some. Just one. Just one. Just one. I mean, listen. If we send out a blast and we get, and it reaches 23,000 people, 16,000 people, 30,000 people, 50,000 people, and that blast, which costs money, and that blast is the advertisement or whatever, and it reaches two people out of 50,000 people. That's two people I wouldn't have known. Amen? That's two people who wouldn't have heard this. You understand what I'm saying to you? So all thing is done for the gospel. It's done for the kingdom of heaven. It's done for God. Not for myself. Not for my glory. But for the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And as I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof, with you. Glory to God. Paul's saying you gotta understand that as a called pastor of Christ, I have the right from Yahweh to live off the church. But I don't. Because I don't want to hinder the word of Yahweh. So I make do and the Lord provides. And I'll say he provides. I too am like Paul, no salary. The Lord Yahweh provides. He provides. Because Getting the word of Yahweh out was more important than my will and anything else. Than my well-being. The Lord Yahweh provides 100% no matter what. That's what he does. Because my life revolves around him. Around him. Let's go to James 3. James 3. There we go. As a pastor, you can't be selfish. You cannot be selfish. Listen, you cannot be selfish as a pastor. James 3, verse 8. Right here. Let's talk about the tongue for a second. The tongue. We all got one, right? 
<laughs> we all have a tongue. Some tongues are forked, okay? Some tongues are like a serpent tongue, but we all got one, right? Let's talk about how we can turn that tongue into a tongue that God uses, that he uses, amen? But the tongue can no man or woman tame. It is unruly evil full of deadly poison. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It truly, truly is. It's unruly. It says whatever it wants to say. And the people are like, that's you, Pastor. You say whatever you want to say. I do say whatever I want to say, but in righteousness, I say whatever I want to say. Period. I speak words that matter. Nine. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God, after the image of the living God. Is that a way to be? Nope. Not at all. Right is right, wrong is wrong. So if you're blessing God, if you're blessing God, right, with your tongue, with your mouth, with your words, and then you curse men. Now cursing is, mm, I ain't talking about cursing like the words cursing, but cursing like wishing evil intent, wishing bad, wishing um, due to your selfishness, due to you don't want nobody being better than you, that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Your envy, your jealousy, your hate, stuff like that. Should not be. Amen? That's a bad human. Right or wrong? That's a bad human. Out of the same mouth proceed of blessing and cursing, my brethren and sisters, these things ought not so to be. They should not be. Let a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Question. It cannot. Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries? Nope. Either a vine figs? Nope. So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh water? But here's what I want you to know. Just as a saltwater crocodile could swim in fresh water, okay? Human beings could do both as well. So they could spew out evil wickedness and they could also spew out what they want to be perceived as good, okay? I wonder who else can do that, let's see. Hmm, I said saltwater crocodile, crocodile of the Nile. Let me think. Another name for Satan is the crocodile in the book of Ezekiel. Hmm. And he can traverse from fresh water and salt water. Okay? So when you're speaking both out your mouth, who do you think is speaking through you? Control your mouth. Control your tongue. If you can control your tongue, you can control your thoughts. If you can control your thoughts, you cannot be such a selfish individual. Amen? Who is a wise man or woman endowed with knowledge among you? Question. Let him or her show out of good conversation his or her work with meekness, with humbleness of wisdom. That's a beautiful thing. It really, really is. The word endowed here is intuitively known without effort. Listen now. It's intuitively known without effort because of Yahweh's Holy Spirit to live a good life with good behavior. This person isn't selfish. Or prideful. It is easy for this individual. You hear what I'm saying to you? It is easy for this individual. Well, Pastor, you speak of things and it sounds like you're being prideful a lot of the time. It's not prideful, it's, just, it's confidence. 
Because it's confidence. I know who I serve. I know what lives inside of me. Okay? You can't see that because what lives inside of me don't live inside of you. It's a difference. It's a huge difference. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Don't claim to be one way when you're truly selfish and careless. Don't do that. Don't lie on the truth. Don't claim to be a Christian, but you have these things living inside of you. Bitterness, envy, strife in your heart. Don't glory. Don't brag. Don't boast. Don't glory at all. And lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. is not from God. But it's earthly. So wait. Sensual. Devilish. Where's Satan? Heaven. Right? Satan's in heaven. He is locked up in a special prison behind the throne of God. Okay? That's where he is. De facto. His spirit is here though. His spirit is on earth. His spirit traverses this earth. So if his spirit traverses this earth, I want you to understand this verse 15. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. His demons, his spirit, his, the spirit of antichrist, the spirit of selfishness, the spirit of envy, bitterness, strife, the things we read in Galatians, they're all from him. They're all from him. Mischievousness, lustfulness, it's all from him. Yeah, you're in the flesh, and your flesh just happens to love those things. It just happens to love everything I just named. Because if you think real hard about it, your flesh is selfish. It's a selfish thing. Your flesh wants control. Amen? It's just a selfish, selfish, organic piece of matter. That's what it is. It's selfish. Everyone has selfishness inside of them. They just do. And Satan plays on that. He plays on that. But it becomes a problem when it gets God's attention. Okay? Because, well, God, you're not helping me with my selfishness. God gave us power. Okay? He expects us to use it. And when you say, when you say to yourself, I ain't selfish, so I don't need to use the power. Mm, you're kind of even more selfish. You're kind of even more selfish. Because now you don't believe that you have selfishness. I'm telling you, you have, if you are in the flesh, you have selfishness growing inside of you like moss on a rock. I'm telling you. If I if if selfishness lives inside of me, if it lives inside of Paul, if it lives inside of the apostles, the prophets, I know for a fact that it lives inside of everyone in this room. It's just how you deal with it. Amen? It's how you deal with it. Thank God for Jesus Christ. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. It's so pure. You ever met a pure person? Who's just real and they just they just speak to you life. They speak life to you. Just a real, real human being. Holds nothing back. Then peaceable. Very peaceable. Speak words that bring peace to you. Gentle. Knows how to deal with you when you're a broken reed. Knows what you need to mend you back together. And easy to be entreated. I don't like people who are not easy to be entreated. Okay? People who always think they're right. People who, who never want to look at the other side of the coin. Okay? Who you could go to them 
You try to have a decent conversation with them, but they're so messed up in the brain that you can't even have a conversation with them. They're not easily entreated. Full of mercy, we love mercy, and good fruits. Without partiality. Now, here's the key. Here's the key word here, partiality. There's no, you can't have partiality being a Christian, okay? You can't be partial to people. You can't have your favorites, okay? No favorites here. Right is right, wrong is wrong, amen? God doesn't have any favorites. Hmm. I'm not going to say he kind of does, but he has his people who we can trust. Amen. I'll say that. Who we can trust. And it's because they've earned it. Amen. But you just, you can't be, you can't have favorites just because one person dressed better than the next. Or one person smelled better than the next. Or one person has more than the next. You can't. That don't work. Amen. That's a sin. That's a sin. And without hypocrisy, we don't do hypocrisy. We're not hypocrites. We're not self-righteous individuals. I hope not. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Do you make peace? Do you make peace? Do you live for peace or do you live for stupidity? You know, I don't get down with people who don't like peace. You ever been around someone who just... They don't know what peace is. They just like to. Everything's an argument. Everything is. No. Everything is. Uh uh. Everything is. What? Everything is stressful. It's like on 10 all the time. No peace. Can't do that. No peace? No peace, no God. No peace, no God. No peace, no God. Why would you sub why would you subject yourself to that? Hmm? Why why would you do that? Is there a reason to say something? Hmm? Is there a reason to speak on something that shouldn't that's smaller than a grain of salt, right? Where's the peace in that? Amen. And I could even say, is there a reason to overreact? Hmm? I am an overreactor. I overreact about everything. It ain't spilt milk, but if my righteous indignation flares, it's gonna be an overreaction. Okay? It's gonna be like Godzilla's coming. Really? It's gonna be like Godzilla's destroying buildings and stuff. Okay? Cause I'm like, why is this even going on? This shouldn't even be. It disturbs my spirit. It stirs my fellow up. It's exactly what it does. It stirs me up, and I'm like. Why is this going on? <sighs> Why? It should not be at all. And that's what I say. I walk around saying, this should not be. This should not be. Why is this being? <laughs> My fellow is up. I'm like, come on. Fellow, don't be that fellow. So there's no conviction to be right because, you're self <laughs> because of your selfishness. Do you hear? Let me say it again. Because if there's no conviction, if there's no fellow, to be right. No conviction in you to be right. Or to make others right. Because of your selfishness. That's your naturalness. Your selfishness is your naturalness. I mean you're really letting your flesh take over. Okay. When you're selfish. We don't care about. You know no selfish. Alcoholics are selfish. They don't care who they hurt. That's why I said don't be drunken. Drug users are selfish. They don't care what 
they bring to their family. Okay? They just don't care. Gamblers are selfish. They don't care about how they take their hard-earned money that's supposed to be for their family and use it for this and that when you have a problem, when you have an addiction. Stepping out on your wife or your husband, cheating, okay? Adultery is selfish because you could have did that at home, right? Things will be good. God will be pleased. You will be blessed, okay? Having an idol, putting something before God is selfishness because why would you do that? He says, I am Yahweh, your Rai. I am your provider. What? Selfishness. I just named some selfish people. The most selfish of all will be Tyrus, Satan himself, Antichrist, because of what he did in the first days. He had a great thing. He had a great thing going, okay? Had a great thing going. He had to screw it up because of his pride, okay? I mean, I just took a line from Breaking Bad, okay? He had a great thing going, and you screwed it up because of your pride. Because you wanted everybody to know who you were. We had a kingdom, a laboratory, okay? We had things moving like clockwork. You had, you could make as much money as you needed. You had all the blessings of God. But yet and still, pride got in the way. It's selfishness. You didn't care about how God was going to feel. Selfishness. You didn't care about how Jesus Christ was going to feel. Selfishness. You didn't care about how your brother or your sister in Christ were going to feel. You just didn't care. You didn't care about how you made Michael or Gabriel feel. Didn't care. It's a coward's way out. Selfishness. Coward's way out. Just selfish. You are a coward if you're selfish. And let's close out. Matthew 22. I could keep talking all day. We're not reading the whole thing. We're going to read less than half. Matthew 22, verse 1, in closing. If you keep someone else a secret, you're selfish. Selfish. A selfish individual. If you keep someone else a secret, that's bad. That's bad. So Matthew 22, verse 1, if you have it, say glory to God. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. King would be... Yahweh, the son will be Jesus Christ, who is the king. And sent forth his servants, the prophets, his, his elect, to call them that were bidden, invited to the wedding, and they would not come. Hold on. They would not come. This goes all the way back to Matthew 19, verse 21, appendix 102.1. Will be perfect. Are you willing to become perfect? If you wish or desire, it's an action, fellow. It's a consequent action, meaning you're invited. Do you want to come? Right? A very strong emotional impulse to do something, even to come by invitation. I just added that one because it fits. Even a very strong, strong conviction on one spirit that brings in change. Because you just can't come to God any type of way, can you? Can a homosexual come to God and still be gay? No. Can a drug user come to God and still be on drugs? No. Can an alcoholic come to God and be used by God? No. No one listens to a drunk. They must change and then come. Will you marry an alcoholic? I don't think you would. Okay. Some people would. 
because they're just as selfish, right? Would you marry someone you know has a gambling problem who spends all the money and they're always in debt? No, some people would though. Because that's who they are. Would you marry someone on crack, ready to die at any moment and leave their three kids and um, wife with nothing? Some people will because they're on crack. There's a lot of selfish people in the world. It really is. It's a lot of selfish people in the world. Don't be one of them. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are invited, bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen. That's a good dinner. And my fatlings are killed. And all things already come unto the marriage. This is the second invitation. Does God beg? No, he doesn't. But he gives opportunity. Like, wait, maybe they didn't hear me. Maybe they didn't get what my servants were saying. Maybe they didn't really pay close attention. But they made light of it. No, they heard. They heard. I hope you hear this message. Don't make light of it. They heard and went their ways. One to his farm, another to his uh, merchandise. You hear that? That don't even sound right to me. That don't sound right at all. When God invites you, when he, when he, when he says, I invite you to the kingdom of heaven. It's got to build it. I invite you with no restrictions. I invite you with every promise to you. I invite you. Whenever you hit every bench point, I invite you. I give you blessings. I give you what you need to live, survive. I invite you. And I will protect you from the wicked one. I invite you. Most people make light of it. And they went their ways. One to his farm, another to his merchandise, to his business. Because they made light of it. They don't have time for God. They're too selfish. And they know what it takes to be invited they know what it takes. You got to give up airtang. Airtang. To actually be a part of this wedding. You got to change completely to be a part of this wedding. You Listen, you have to change every selfish way about you. In order to be married to Christ. Every selfish way. Because if you're not, you don't really have a marriage. You're fornicating by yourself. Because he ain't involved in that. Amen? Isn't that what I'm saying? Watch this. And the remnant took his servants, the prophets, his elect, and entreated them spitefully and slew them. They killed them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities rightfully so then saith he to his servants the wedding is ready but they which were invited bidden were not worthy I wish they were worthy but they're not worthy watch this go ye therefore into the highways and as many as ye shall find bid invite to the wedding so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. Now let me explain something to you about this bad and good. The word bad and good here, panoros in the Greek. Panoros, appendix 128, Roman numeral 3-1.1. word bad here is panoros. So let's look at the people that they brought in. 
Okay? Let's look at the people they brought in here. These people, these bad people, laborers of pains, working mischief, evil intent, people with the evil eye, selfish, mm, bad natured. Bad natured. Let me read it one more time. Okay? This is the whole message right here. I want you to get this. Okay? Laborers of pains, meaning they cause the pains. They cause pain in their life, whether it be to their children, whether it be to people they don't know, whether it be to people that they do know. They don't care. They're selfish. They do not care. They're selfish. Okay? Working mischief, evil intent, people with the evil eye. Now, you know, there's nothing more evil than the evil eye. Okay? It's, it's evil. It's just evil. Meaning they're watching you. Selfishness. Even bad natured. Now, why would God go get these crumb bums? Why would he go get these people who are bad-natured? Hmm. Guess what? I was bad-natured. Everyone in this room was bad-natured before you came to Christ. Weren't, weren't you bad-natured? Okay. Some of us still are bad-natured. We're still just trying to work through it. Amen? Right? I ain't pointing no fingers. Okay. I could, but I'm not. Because that's not who I be. But guess what? We're all, we all were bad natured. But for some reason, Christ found, saw something. He saw something in us. For some reason, he saw the little bit of good that was in there. He said, invite them. I can work with them. For the people that I thought was good. They really weren't. And for the people who have just a little bit of good, but still bad natured. I can mold them. They're pliable. They're not selfish. They're pliable. Praise God. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. Now, how did he get into the wedding without changing his garment? Without changing. You know what, you know what a change of a garment means? It means you change who you are. It means you are no longer a selfish individual. You are no longer self-willed. You are no longer selfish. You get a new garment. And in this sense, it's your wedding garment. And if you have a wedding garment on, that means you're marrying Jesus Christ. Therefore, if this individual does not have a wedding garment on, this individual still wearing what he was wearing, but he tried to come in sneakily. And he got in sneakily. How? I do not know. I think it was just for your example, for our example. And it's a great example. Because you can only be, you can only have a wedding garment on by your desire, by your will, by your wish, by your fellow to change from bad to good, from selfish to unselfish. A servant and called one of the Most High God and a wife to Jesus Christ. You can't just have anything on in this wedding, in this life. Watch this. And he said unto him, friend, so gentle, so nice, so sweet. What a God, what a Savior. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. 
he was speechless even so it's the word speechless here is translated and I had to translate this several times because it was transliterated okay but it is translated from the Greek it's translated from the Greek hopelessly not to be discovered so if you're hoping not to be discovered right and you are discovered by Christ right he was speechless because he had nothing to say he's busted you know how sometimes when I be like any questions and most people have nothing to say right speechless right the message is working, it's doing its job. The word of God speaks to this man, and he's like, I didn't know you was gonna be here. I was trying to you hear me. Then said the king to the servant, bind him hand and foot. What do we bind hand and foot? When we about to slaughter him, when we about to just toss him out? Swine. Hand and foot, bind this pig hand and foot and throw him out. And take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What you upset for? Why are you upset? Because you tried to sneak in. You tried to sneak in. You know you haven't changed. But you tried to sneak in. You know there's no change in you. But you tried to sneak in anyway. So you will be in darkness. You will have grief. And you will be weeping and gnashing your teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Do you see how many he called to this wedding? He invited to this wedding? But only the chosen remain. Only the chosen remain. Listen. Most people are called, meaning you could stop your selfishness and change and have eternal life. Most choose to keep their selfish ways. The chosen are but a few, for they were unselfish in the first earth age, and they will be unselfish in this final generation. They will be unselfish. Remember to stand in the grace of God because that's where he wants you. God bless you all. I love you all. All glory and praise to the Father and the Son. I take credit for nothing. Think deep on it. In Jesus' name, amen. Were you moved by today's message? Download it now via our website for a donation of $10. Help us sow a seed of truth around the world. Donate any amount today. Thank you and God bless you.